Good morning. We're going to begin this morning. Actually, our prelude is all of us singing together. We're going to sing the song that we've been singing for the last few weeks, God, We Honor You. Uh, we've, most of us, unless you're brand new today, you've learned this song. If you are brand new, you'll catch on to it quickly. We will all sing it starting at the beginning, and then we'll sing it in a round. So middle, row, middle section people, follow the people in the middle, etc. Do you notice that there are very few people over there? So uh, you guys, Brent, Jarek, you folks are going to have to um, belt it out over there, okay? All right, here we go. God, we honor you. God, we trust in you. God, we worship and adore you. Happy Sunday and welcome to Calvary Baptist Church. We're glad that you've joined us this morning for worship. Um, before we get started, I have one very quick announcement. Um, the owner of a black Volkswagen van with a license plate FLD545, find Melissa Gorton or Tom Purdy. Pronto. Um, so if you have a black Volkswagen van, go find Melissa Gorton. Got it, Angelo. Okay. Um, okay, so if you're new to Calvary, we want you to know that you're welcome here and that we're glad you're here this morning. Um, we'd love to have a chance to follow up with you, and a great way for us to do that is if you fill out the visitor card in your pew and place that in the offering plate later in the service. Um, you'll also need a worship folder to guide you through the service today, and they can be found at the back of the sanctuary if you haven't already gotten one. 
This week, we are continuing our series on living a life of abundance. So how many of y'all have seen the movie Field of Dreams? Okay, it's a classic, so if you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it. Um, but if you have seen Field of Dreams, then you likely remember the character Moonlight Graham. Moonlight Graham was a right fielder who played in one major league baseball game for the New York Giants in 1905. He had been called up from the minor leagues and he would only appear in one major league baseball game. In the movie Field of Dreams, not sure if he actually said this in real life, but he was a real person, Moonlight Graham is reflecting about his one appearance and says, we just don't recognize life's most significant moments while they're happening. Back then I thought, well, there'll be other days. I didn't realize that that was the only day. While we can't equate our relationship to Jesus with a former baseball player's quote about his one game in the major leagues, it's important to remember that abundance comes to us in moments that seem like the mundane. When we think about abundance and say, well, there'll be other days, we might just be stifling the power of God at work within this world and within us. Whether our dreams are coming true or our dreams are being crushed, God is present and God gives us strength. Let's join together this morning in the worship of God who offers us an abundant life always.
God, we gather in this place to worship you and to hear from you. Our help is in you, Lord. Our hope is in you, including our hope for meaning and connection on a Sunday morning. We welcome you among us as you prepare us to hear what you will say. In this season of examining your abundance in our church and in our lives, we each bring with us a bundle of burdens, large and small, that weary us and sometimes tempt us to despair. Caring Father, help us to look among our number for the hungry, the oppressed, the low, so we can ask them to teach us to do all things through you who strengthen us. Help us to see the enough that you bring to completion in your body, the church. Amen.
A reading from the book of Psalms. Happy are those whose help is God of Jacob, whose hope is the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lives up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise, Praise the, the Lord. Lord. Now a reading from the epistle to the Philippians. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you are concerned for me, but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I am referring to being in need, for I've learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little. I know what it is to have plenty. In all and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In any case, it was kind of you to share my distress. You Philippians indeed know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs more than once. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that accumulates to your account. I have been paid in full and have more than enough. I am fully satisfied now that I have received from Ephrodotus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will fully satisfy every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the epistle of the Ephesians. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that God, out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through, the, through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of God. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God.
like to invite the children to join me at the front. Good morning, friends. How are y'all today? So has anybody ever gone through something that was really, really tough, really hard? Raise your hand. Anybody ever gone through anything hard? No? You guys have awesome lives. That's a great. Well, sometimes in life, things do get kind of tough. And it's not always easy. But you know what? God is always there for us in the good times and in the hard times. And when I was younger, I hurt my knee. And that knee still hurts even today. But I decided that I was going to run a marathon. And it takes a lot of using your knees to run a marathon, right? And so when I was running, I would get so tired and my knee hurt so bad. One day I thought I couldn't walk anymore, let alone run. And I started praying a Bible verse that I had learned when I was about your age. And it was, God, I believe that I can do all things through you who give me strength. And you know what? God gave me the ability to take the next step. And I kept praying that over and over and over again. And I prayed that verse every single time that I ran. And eventually, I was able to finish my training, and I was able to not only run one marathon, but to run two. But you know what? You're going to go through things in life that are going to be hard, and you might feel like you're ready to quit or you're ready to give up. But I want you to remember that God is always with you. And so I have a challenge for you this week. I want to see if you can all memorize that Bible verse. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And some of you may already know it, but I'm going to give you each a popsicle stick that says Philippians 4.13. And I want you to work on memorizing that this week. And later on in life, when you have something that's really tough or really difficult, you can remember that God is with you no matter what and that God will give you strength no matter what. So let's pray and thank God that he is with us when things are good and when we're celebrating and even when things are tough. And then Garner's going to help me pass out sticks to each of you. God, thank you that you are with us when our life is good, when things are easy, and when it's easy to see that you are present. God, thank you also that you are with us when things are tough and when they're hard and we want to quit. Thank you that you give us the strength to continue on. In your name, amen. So anybody that can memorize that Bible verse, I want you to come see me next Sunday and I'll have special treats for whoever can memorize it. You think y'all can do it? I'm pretty sure you can. Okay. Here. Can you help me pass this?
In February this past year, I lost my job. I began to question my self-worth, and I was worried what this would do to my marriage and myself, knowing the emotional and financial strain that was to come. I was also surprised that there was a spiritual strain as well. During that time, I decided to try the spiritual direction that was being offered here at Calvary. And it was during that time that I recognized that I had some false beliefs about God. God revealed to me and made clear on which of those notions needed to go and what they need to be replaced with. And he made clear to me that he has an abundance. Around that same time, I reached out to David Tate and just wanted to talk with him, just to get to know him. On our first lunch, I realized quickly that he was going to be a very close friend and a mentor. He related to my struggles and provided some practical advice on the job hunt, as well as some invaluable spiritual direction. My prayers from there had changed from, God, help me land this job so that I can provide for my family, to, God, show me the way, knowing that you will provide for me. I felt a calling, a very subtle pull to become an educator. And I set out on that journey, always praying that this was the way I was supposed to go. And any time that I had an obstacle, God provided a way for it to be removed. He provided Ed Davis to help me in preparing for the first test to come in, in many tests. He provided a financial contribution to help me pay for the certification, and he provided that comfort with family and friends. And this fall, I'm going to begin teaching high school at Connolly ISD in the high school level. And I was shown God's unending love and grace in so many ways that I never thought would be possible to me. And I want to close this testimony the only way that I can see fit, and that's through a prayer. So if you'll pray with me. God, we thank you for your abundant love and grace. Whether through the Holy Spirit guiding us, whether through the people you place in our lives, or whether you reveal yourself in those still moments of prayer, remind us to turn to you. Remind us that you are more than enough. That your abundance in love and grace that you pour out to us is there for us. I ask that you show love and grace to this congregation that you so graciously showed me. And it's in your son's name I pray. Amen.
Well, now, gracious God, may the words in my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this room be found pleasing to you. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to ask for a glass of milk. When you give him the milk, he'll probably ask you for a straw. And when he's finished, he'll ask you for a napkin. Then he'll want to look in the mirror to make sure he doesn't have a milk mustache. Now, when he looks in the mirror, he might notice that his hair needs a trim, so he'll probably ask for a pair of nail scissors. And when he's finished giving himself a trim, he'll want a broom to sweep it all up. He'll start sweeping. He might get carried away and sweep every room in the house. He may even end up washing the floors as well. When he's done, he'll probably want to take a nap. So you'll have to fix up a little box for him with a blanket and a pillow. And he'll crawl in, make himself comfortable, and fluff the pillow a few times. And he'll probably ask you to read him a story. So you'll read to him from one of your books, and he'll ask to see the pictures. And when he sees the pictures, he'll grow so excited that he wants to draw one of his own. So he'll ask for a paper and crayons. He'll draw a picture, and when the picture is finished, he will want to sign his name with a pen. Then he will want to hang his picture on your refrigerator, which means he will need scotch tape, and he'll stand back and look at his drawing hanging on the refrigerator. But looking at the refrigerator will remind him that he's thirsty. So he'll probably ask for a glass of milk. And chances are, if he asks you for a glass of milk, he's going to want a cookie to go with it. Now, you have probably heard this classic children's book, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie, written by Laura Numeroff, which was first published back in 1985. And although it is a children's book, which happens to be a square on Mary Alice's bingo board out there, although it is a children's book about a mouse, it may not be an unfair critique about you and me, too. It reminds me of my friend who recently posted a picture on her Facebook of a painting project she was doing at her house. And she said, sometimes you set out to paint the front door. And then you realize that you also need to paint the trim. And then you realize that you might want to paint the baseboards and then the window casings, and now you find yourself changing the color and repainting all the walls, too. Now, you and I can joke about these tendencies, but what do they reveal about what's beneath the surface? Are we ever fully satisfied with what we have or where we are or what's around us? More often than not, it seems that the more we get, the more we want. The more we have, the more we feel like we don't have enough. And it can become this toxic, never-ending cycle. As Walter Brueggemann writes, we who are now the richest nation are today's main converts to this way of life. We never feel that we have enough. We have to have more and more, and this insatiable desire destroys us. He says, we must confess that the central problem of our lives is that we are torn apart by the conflict between our attraction to the good news of God's abundance and the power of our belief in scarcity, a belief that makes us greedy, mean, 
and unneighborly. We spend our lives trying to sort out that ambiguity. The real issue confronting us, he goes on to say, is whether the news of God's abundance can be trusted in the face of the story of scarcity. What we know in the secret recesses of our hearts is that the story of scarcity is a tale of death. And the people of God counter this tale by witnessing to the manna. There is a more excellent bread than materialism. It is the bread of life, and you don't even have to bake it. But we must decide where we place our trust. Which hits right up against our text for today in Philippians 4. It's a text that forces us to ask the question, where do we place our trust? Does our trust lie in our circumstances? Or does our trust lie in God? Verse 11 says, I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. And in any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of growing hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now for the past six weeks of the summer at Calvary, we have been talking about living the abundant life here in worship. And we have discovered that at the heart of our gospel is this message that our God is a God of abundance. All throughout the Bible, there is always more than enough to eat. There is more wine in the jars, more water in the wilderness, more fish in the nets, more food in the baskets. There is strength even when we are at our weakest. There is grace even when we are at our lowest. There is hope even when we are in despair. There is light even in the darkness. And there is new life even when all the signs around us point to death. Because through Christ, there is always more than enough. But as we close this series this week, I think this text in Philippians forces us to ask ourselves an important question. Is experiencing God's abundance dependent on our circumstances? Or when you and I talk about experiencing abundance, are we talking about something much bigger and much better than that? Because when Paul says that he has learned the secret to experiencing fullness and abundance of God, he says it's no matter the circumstances. Whether he is well-fed or hungry, whether life is great or not so great, he has learned to be content because he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. I think today's text hits on an important point about abundance that cannot be overstated because it differentiates experiencing abundance from what we call the prosperity gospel. When Jesus invites us to experience an abundant life, he is not saying that this life will be prosperous or perfect for us. He's not saying that life will be easy. He's not even saying that life will always be fair. I know those of us in this room know that all too well. But on the contrary, today's text makes it loud and clear that there will be times for all of us of having a lot and having a little, of being in need and having plenty, and yet somehow 
In all circumstances, we are invited to experience an abundant life anyway. Because we follow an abundant, never giving up, always overflowing kind of God. I truly believe that God is always in the business of offering us an abundance. If only we will learn to look for it in unlikely ways and unexpected places. Like the Israelites receiving this overabundance of manna even in the middle of the wilderness. I mean, there were many miles and many years and many challenges between where they were and where they wanted to be. And yet, even in the midst of the scorching hot wilderness, there was an abundance. But so often, I think, in the middle of our own wildernesses, we find ourselves seeking out the grass that is always so much greener on the other side, rather than seeking the manna that God has given us for today. I believe that all of us at one point or another are waiting for that thing to finally happen that will make life seem full and rich and abundant. We're always looking and waiting and hoping for that next thing. And yet, what we read here is that the secret to abundant life that is so countercultural is that Christ came to offer it to us in the here and now, no matter what our circumstances may be. Now, you may be sitting here and thinking, but you don't know what my circumstances are. How am I supposed to even begin to find abundance in the middle of this? I had a friend tell me recently, and it's really stuck with me, that one of the biggest problems of this world is that we don't talk about hard things. We don't post them on Facebook or take Instagram-worthy pictures of them. And so we like to communicate to everyone else that we've got it all together and we live such picture-perfect lives when the reality is so far from that. For instance, someone said to me just this week, I feel like I'm the only person out there who is raising a child experiencing a difficult mental health situation. And it's so isolating for her because we don't talk about mental health. And because everyone else seems to have such picture-perfect lives and families. Or some of us feel so isolated in our grief, watching while the world just continues to go about its normal routine as if nothing has even happened. Some of us are sitting in the midst of our sickness, asking ourselves why no one else is dealing with any of that. Or in our stress and the challenges of being single, and the challenges of being married, and the overwhelming difficulties of finding a job or not knowing where next month's rent is going to come from. And some of us feel so overwhelmed by the situation we just can't even begin to voice out loud to ourselves, much less to anyone else. But friends, we have to talk about hard things. We certainly cannot finish a worship service about God's abundance without stopping to talk about the hard things, at least if we want to talk about abundance in any sort of authentic way. Because our God meets us in the hard places. And our God says that we can do all things. Not some things, not even many things, but all things, and yes, even very hard things, through Christ who gives us strength. 
Maybe having enough strength to face today is all the abundance that we could ever need. And so I have two questions for us today that I really hope you will discuss with someone close with you this week. I'd be happy to sit down with you and talk about these questions. I know many in this room would. One, what hard thing in your life are you not talking about right now? And why? Two, where and how can you see God's abundance even in the midst of that hard thing? What manna is getting you through the wilderness? This is a question I asked myself a lot during our time in South Texas this summer. I fell in love with these children at New Wine Church. And in Bible study together, we learned about the parable of the shepherd who leaves behind 99 of his sheep in order to find the one sheep who is missing. Now granted, sometimes the little girls in my group would confuse this shepherd with little Bo Peep, and it's true that she also lost all of her sheep. (laughs) Yeah, that happened just about every night. (laughs) But I think we all learned about the love of a God who will stop at nothing to find us. And yet each night as I fell asleep, the faces of these precious children reminded me of hundreds of children who were just miles away from us in detention centers along the border, many of them separated from their families, and each of them is also this beautiful, precious child of God. And I didn't know what to do with that tension. It kept me up at night. It still does sometimes. And yet the only thing that gives me hope in these moments of despair is reflecting on the love of a God who will stop at nothing to find us. The love of a God that leaves the 99 in order to find the one. God's love that doesn't stop fighting, doesn't stop searching, and doesn't give up ever. And I realize that even in the midst of an overwhelmingly hard situation, clinging to and hoping for and walking in the way of God's abundant, relentless, never giving up kind of love is our only hope, friends. It's our only way forward. It's true that the idea of abundance, especially in hard times in our lives and in our world, can seem like a lofty dream somewhere over the rainbow. And yet sometimes the only thing that keeps me going in the hard times is knowing that we follow after an abundant God. This weekend, I went to see The Wizard of Oz put on by Waco Civic Theater at Waco High School. Several of Calvary's children and youth are in it. They are munchkins and flying monkeys and magical trees and even Glinda's bubble handler. They do an incredible job, so I hope we can all go see it to support them. And one of my favorite parts of The Wizard of Oz is at the very end when Dorothy asks Glinda how she will ever get back home to Kansas. Glinda smiles and says, Dorothy, you don't need to be helped. You've had the power all along, my dear. And with just three clicks of her ruby red slippers and saying there's no place like home, Dorothy can transport herself all the way back home to Kansas. If only we could click our heels and everything would be better. 
and all the world's problems would be solved. But we don't live in the magical land of Oz, do we? And yet, the author of Ephesians talks about this power that we've had all along, this power that is at work within us, too. And through God's power at work within us, he says, God is able to do abundantly far more than all we could ever dare to ask or imagine. No matter our circumstances, whether there are tornadoes or evil witches or flying monkeys, whether there is mental illness or injustice or loneliness or pain, by the power of God at work within us, we can do hard things. And God, God is able to do abundant things, things that we can never, ever dare to ask or imagine. Friends, this is our manna for each day and our hope for each tomorrow. And so may we cling to it daily. May we never give up and may we never let go. And so, God, I ask that you would meet us in the midst of whatever situation we carried with us into this room today. Thinking about the faces and stories of this congregation, I know there is heaviness here. And God, you know the things that we're not even willing to voice out loud. God, meet us in those hard places. Show us that you are the God who is alive and at work and has a power within us that is not of ourselves and is only from you. God, give us the courage to name those things, to talk about them with someone who's earned the right to hear them in our lives. And give us the courage to walk forward with you, trusting that you can do and will do abundantly far more than we could ever dare to ask or imagine. What an incredible promise of Scripture that is, God. Help us to cling to it daily. Amen. Well, for six weeks now, we have been talking and singing and sharing in every way imaginable about God's abundance in this space. Even recognizing that this is a world in which you and I face the realities of scarcity. And ultimately, we know it's Jesus who showed us this magnitude of God's love when he came to earth to be with us. His life, his death, and his resurrection all took place so that we might have life and have it abundantly. And if you would like to talk with one of our ministers about what it looks like, to follow Jesus in this way of life, we would love to visit with you in the back of the sanctuary today. Or maybe you want to join our community of faith at Calvary where we seek to know and to follow Jesus together in the best ways we know how. We would love nothing more than to welcome you into our church family today. And so however God leads you to respond, our ministers will be in the back of the sanctuary ready to visit with you and pray with you as we continue in worship.
you pray with me? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we have sung your praises, we have heard your words written in the Holy Scriptures, and we have heard the message of your abundance poured out on our undeserving lives. And now we come to that part of our praise and worship time when we reflect how because of your love for us as your children and the grace you have poured out on us through your Son, Jesus Christ, that we are certainly living an abundant life as Christ promised so long ago. You have seen fit to make us heirs of your glorious riches in so many ways, even when we are not aware of it or even when we act in selfish and arrogant ways with the gifts, talents, and resources that we know come only from you. As we reflect on the words that we have read, sung, and heard this day, may we be compelled to open our hearts and minds to our true abundance through your presence in our lives. May we be compelled in this offering we are taking to return just a small portion of what you have given to us so generously so that it can be used to help others in need, bless the lives of many, and spread your gospel of salvation to all ends of the earth. Bless these gifts that will be given and bless those who give them. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. We were excited to see two of our new babies sneak into worship with us today, and so I hope you will greet the Cruz family and the Spears family, and I know we are excited about these new births in the life of our congregation. In the midst of that, I also want to ask us to be praying with Steve Sadler and his family. Steve's mother passed away this week, and her service is today in Grosbeck. I know a few of us are going to be able to go to support Steve, but let's be praying with them. Also, I've received a, an update on Jennifer Grant. Uh, I know many of you have heard that she was having a surgery that had some major complications and has been in ICU for several weeks now. But Jonathan is hopeful that she will be home later this week if she does not have any more complications. She will need nursing care for several weeks, but she is improving very steadily, just slowly, he says. We couldn't be more thankful for the love and support we are receiving from our Calvary family. It has certainly been a balm and source of hope in this scary and at times overwhelming period. So let's continue to keep the grants in our prayers and thank you so much for everything that you are doing to come alongside them. 
I hope everyone will be willing to brave the heat for our churchwide cookout this evening tonight at Cameron Park at the Redwood Shelter. We will be eating at 6 o'clock, so feel free to come early and hang out, but we're going to try to start eating at 6. Uh, we all obviously know these crazy temperatures, and so I'm asking everyone to please bring water. We will have water as well, but we are just asking everyone to stay hydrated and bring water. Um, the church is providing hot dogs and hamburgers, and we are asking all of us to bring generous helpings of sides, chips, and desserts. If you are new to Calvary, if this is your first time, if you didn't RSVP, it doesn't matter. We just want everyone to come. There is an open invitation, and we would love for everyone to be there. Um, we'd also love for everyone to be there because we are going to burn this baby. Um, <laughs> this, yeah. This note is from July 14th, 2006, uh, for the amount, original principal amount of $1,500,000, and this is done. <laughs> so, thanks be to God, we are going to burn it. We're actually going to burn it on the grill, because we can't have any open fire in any other way because of the heat. <laughs> We're going to burn it on the grill, and it's going to be great. Um, so we say thanks be to God for providing it for us in such a big and abundant way as we have finished our Journey On campaign. So we are asking that you no longer give to that, but you are welcome and encouraged to give generously to the work that God is doing in this place at Calvary and our different ministries and missions. And that also helps us to plan to be able to do even more and bigger things next year. So thank you, Calvary, for your generous giving, and thanks be to God. Um, you'll notice that we didn't get the announcement sheets in your worship folders this week, but we have people who are standing at the back doors ready to hand those out. And those have great updates about the life of Calvary, so we hope you will take one with you and check it out. I hope to see everyone at 6 o'clock at Cameron Park. Please join me in this benediction. Friends, may the God who calls you from this place journey with you as you go. May God delight in you with joy, bringing unimagined graces. Walk with you in darkness, shining light along your way. May God be close to you in pain, giving strength for every moment. And comfort you in fear, granting courage to be brave. May God's love surround you. May Christ's mercy astound you. And may the Spirit abound in you, so that you live in the fullness of the God who is with us always. Amen.
Go now in peace. Amen.